The LA Clippers have a big one on Friday night against the Memphis Grizzlies at the Staples Center. But Kawhi Leonard, status uncertain, and a report about his status on Thursday caused some fans to be a little bit frustrated. Going to be talking about that, looking for the towards the Memphis Grizzlies game and what we need to see on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vizieri, born and raised in L.A. in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content and Locked On Clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know your score prediction for the game against the Memphis Grizzlies. So we're coming to town on Friday night with John Morant. But John Morant did not play on Thursday. He was out with an illness. Him and Santi Aldama, who's having a pretty solid season for the Grizzlies as well. So we'll see about their status on Friday. John Morant hasn't played the Clippers in a game at the Staples Center since opening night of the 2021-22 season, I would know because I was at that game and I've been to other games after, including the one this season that we lost to them and last season where we came back and got our first win with Westbrook and there was no John Morant. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the best daily fantasy sports entry app around. You got to go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA or go to and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. All right, so in this episode I'm gonna be talking about the status update with Kawhi. Not really much of an update, but it was. Then we're gonna be looking at the Memphis Grizzlies and how they've been playing lately and what this matchup entails. And then what we need to see if the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. Now, let's talk about the Kawhi Leonard news. It was reported today that Kawhi Leonard would practice today. Today meaning Thursday. Yay! I was hyped. I was hyped to hear it. But they also said we'll practice a little bit. And then Joey Lynn, who was previously on this show before, beat writer for SI Now for the Clips, said Ty Lue says he's not sure if Kawhi can take contact or do any five-on-five work yet. So the fact that Kawhi doesn't sound like he's doing five-on-five work, that sounds like it's not necessarily a day-to-day injury. This has been a week now. That sounds like he needs to get a couple more practices in. So before he's playing full speed five-on-five at the NBA level, I know in today's game they don't always practice full speed. That's an obvious thing. Even though it felt like in the beginning of the season, at least before the Harden trade, we were practicing a lot. I remember Nicholas Batum talking about that in training camp. And like in the beginning of the season, the preseason, early in the regular season. But 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't really encouraged when I heard that, that he was going to practice lightly. I mean, Ty Lu likes to, you know, keep his cards in his pocket when he talks about these kind of things in practice. And he says, I don't know if Kawhi will participate in five on five and all this. And I just think it's, we've seen this movie before. They list him as day to day or they, you know, they give him a knee sprain and they had, he had a torn meniscus. I'm not saying it's something like that serious. He clearly has a hip contusion. And, you know, most people were saying in my comment section on Twitter that that injury usually takes from a week to four weeks to heal. My issue is just say that. Why do you always do this? Is it to keep teams on their toes? I don't believe that that's the thing until maybe a playoff game. I can understand why you didn't do it in a playoff series since you go deep into scheming. But these te- you know, the Memphis Grizzlies have a one or two day turnaround with these games. So they have a no, you know, to- they played the Denver Nuggets on Thursday. And they're playing the Clippers on Friday. They probably got their film session game plan and they're going to get it in a couple hours before the game on Friday and then maybe did a little bit before the Denver game. I don't exactly know how that all works in terms of film sessions on a back-to-back. But, I mean, whether Kawhi plays or not, like, it's, it's one regular season game. Like, this is not fully rocket science for these coaching staffs to decide what kind of coverage on pick and rolls they're going to play on these guys. It's not the same as a seven-game series. So that's kind of a BS excuse to cover the team's ass, in my opinion, just being honest. And then the other one is, which a lot of other fans are starting to think and have been thinking for a while, is that they do it to keep you invested to buy tickets, uh, not knowing whether Kawhi Leonard's going to play or not. Paul George has had much less mystery around his injuries. You know, when he had that elbow injury, that was a little bit crazy how much it got extended. But by Christmas, we heard it was going to be multiple weeks before reevaluation. Then when he got reevaluated, we got an updated timetable. But a lot of times, Paul George has come back a little quicker from his injuries than we expected. For example, the bone edema injury uh, in 2021. It's Kawhi's injuries that always seem very mysterious. And that has a history from San Antonio. And I think it's not no proof here, no proof at all. But my theory is that it's Kawhi's medical staff versus the Clippers' medical staff, and that the Clippers' medical staff themselves don't always know the full deal with Kawhi, and probably don't have that final say either. Because Ty Lue seems like he doesn't know things. I mean, I think there's a level of him playing dumb in these press conferences too, and just wanting to get him over with, but. That visible frustration, I always go back to that Memphis game last year, that visible frustration was very clear that he didn't know what was going on. And I truly think it's very convoluted to believe the Clippers medical staff is doing all that to sabotage their own coach. Just put it, make his life that much harder. I think there's Kawhi's medical staff, it seems like a real thing. So I'm just praying that Kawhi's okay. If it's a couple of weeks... That's, you know, not the end of the world. But the way we've looked without Kawhi in these three games has not been great. I'm not going to lie. But that's a shame, though, because this is why we brought James Harden in. And listen, it's not just James Harden. James Harden's been having crazy shooting splits lately. He's been really good. He's been probably our best player over the last week or so. We need guys like Terrence Mann to step up. We need guys like Amir Coffey to step up. But the Kawhi thing, it really makes me nervous because we've just seen this movie before. Maybe it's just my PTSD as a Clipper fan. But, but I think the worst case scenario is he's out three to four weeks. That's the worst, worst case scenario. I just hate how we don't know. Like me as a person that's covering the team, like I can't tell you for a fact how long Kawhi is going to be out. And as a Clipper fan, I apologize if my 
reaction seems a little pessimistic to that. But hearing five on five lightly, Tyloo saying he doesn't know if he's going to practice five on five. Like, why would he, if he was practicing five on five full contact, why wouldn't he say it? Unless they're not practicing five on five full contact, which is very possible as well. I'm hoping that that's the case, that they weren't practicing doing a, like, you know, scrimmage or anything like that. And they just did some, you know, play, going through some plays, get some shoot around in. People got their individual workouts in. And Kawhi did some shooting around and, you know, maybe practicing some moves and working with his trainer or whatever, working with some coaches. And he's playing on Friday. That would be amazing if he is. But I would honestly be shocked. I would honestly be shocked. And it just sucks. I hate the date. First of all, it was it's already been a week, so it's not day-to-day. If it's this long before he finally starts practicing again, lightly, that tells me that it wasn't a small thing. Like, it's just very frustrating in my opinion. So that's the update on Kawhi. But <laughs> I just don't know what to tell you. I'm just hoping for the best. I'm going to keep knocking on that wood. Listen, if you had told me, before the season, I know this is getting redundant. I Trust me, I know. If you had told me before the season that we would be 30 games in and Kawhi had played 27 of them, so 90%, I'll take that every single time. Coming up, though, going to be talking about the matchup against Memphis. We may not have Kawhi, probably won't. Let's talk about how they've been doing lately and what kind of form they're bringing into Crypto.com Arena to play the Clippers. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And all you got to do is pick two to six players and predict if they'll score more or less than player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. For example, With basketball season and football season, you can do combo projections in the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes and James Harden assists more or less. I would hope James Harden more and Patrick Mahomes, you can do whatever you want (laughs) on prize picks. And PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. All you got to do is go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies. It's going down. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, or as I like to call them, the teddy bears sometimes. You know, my uh, distaste for the Memphis Grizzlies runs pretty deep, and I think it should for a lot of Clipper fans. I know it's a different era. I know John Morant is a super electric player, very exciting to watch. But you know what? That 2012 and 2013 
those 2013 and 2012 playoff series, plus all the playoff-like regular season games we had against those guys over the years. I know completely different cast of characters. I don't care. I remember the flopper chants, the yellow rally towels, Zebo trying to injure Blake, Tony Allen against Jamal. I hated it. I hated them. They hated us. And I think it's the closest we've ever had to a real rivalry because we exchanged blows. We delivered them an extremely disappointing loss in the playoffs and they were expected to do better after making it to the second round the previous year. And then the Clippers, we had a 56-win season after making it to the second round the previous year, throwing, uh, blowing teams out. Jamal Crawford throwing the ball between his legs to Blake Griffin's windmill alley-oops. I mean, it was just nuts. And then we lose in the first round to a team we swept in the regular season. You do not understand how hard that was for me in ninth grade going to school after that with the Laker fans. I got crushed because I was talking big-ish. That's the, I was so overconfident. That's when I knew the regular season. It means something, but it don't mean everything. Anyway, so my hate for Memphis still runs kind of deep. But this game is not going to be easy. You look at the record, and we, we of all teams shouldn't underestimate Memphis because we lost to them in James Harden's home debut. Grizzlies, 10-19 and 19 on the season. But listen to this, 8-8 eight and eight on the road. And since they've gotten John Morant, they haven't lost a game, 3-0. and oh. They played Denver on Thursday night and got absolutely crushed. The Nuggets have been playing championship-level basketball or close to it since Jamal Murray has come back. But let me tell you this, if John Morant does suit up, we're going to be in for a big game, a huge game, a tough game. He's going to want to put on a show for the L.A. crowd. There's no doubt about it. And you know how John Morant is. He likes to put on a show every time he steps on the court. When I watched him play that first time on opening night, that was his third season against us. His finishing around the basket was incredible. The way he elevates, can contort, it's one of the craziest I've ever seen from a guard. Live. And and on TV. What am I saying? If he doesn't play, Clippers absolutely need to win. No excuse. None. Zilch. We have James Harden, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. Come on. Need to score. I mean, the Grizzlies, their defense, now that Marcus Smart's back especially, it's it's not bad at all. You know they're not going to be slouches defensively. But your defense has to be sharp. We got to prevent Desmond Bain from having a crazy game. Prevent. I mean, if Marcus Smart gets hot from three, but everybody else is limited, it's no big deal. But you got to take pride. Stay in front of the ball. Be disciplined. Be communicating. Mainly transition defense. I think that's been really a struggle at times for the Clippers. They need to get back. They need to communicate in transition. Mainly Paul George, I want to see step up defensively. But this Memphis Grizzlies team... They're riding a high. And let's say John Morant does play. Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, who would I go with to start defensively? You know what? I'd go with Amir Coffey. Just put some length on jaw, more size, more strength. I would think he's more strong, I think, but I don't know. I haven't played against them, so. And it's not very clear cut on TV. But Amir's bigger. I would assume he weighs more. But he's just, I don't know. Yeah, he is. So Amir Coffey, put him on John Morant to start the game. Just assuming Kawhi doesn't play. If Kawhi plays, Terrence, you know, starts on John. Zubat's drop coverage. <sighs> Think about John with playing drop coverage on him. He'll literally try to just dunk on you. So do we blitz John Morant 
given that they have Bismack Biombo. This is the starting lineup that they've been rolling with that they played against, you know, in their most recent game with Jaw against the Pelicans. It was Jaw, Bismack, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, and Desmond Bain. Now, let's look at their team three point percentage as far as individuals. They don't have I don't have the team percentage up, but John Morant, he's shooting 17% from three. So let's go underneath every screen on the perimeter, shall we? How about Desmond Bain? He's the best shooter they've got besides Newt Kennard, who's out. Desmond Bain is shooting 38% from three. He's the one guy you make sure you got to run off the line. You got to not, you got to know where he's at at all times, no doubt. Jaron Jackson Jr., 31.5%. That doesn't move me at all. Marcus Smart, 29%. Santi Aldama, 34%. I remember looking at these guys' three-point percentage a couple weeks back, I mean, like two weeks ago, and I was like, man, no wonder they, they aren't very good. They're broke. And they don't have John Morant, so they're not scoring enough. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to blitz Ja. Why not? And just make sure Desmond Bain is covered, make Bismack Biombo or Jaron Jackson make a play, and just have your rotation sharp. Try to funnel the ball to three-point shooters like Smart or Jackson or anyone else that comes off the bench. That would be my strategy. Let's see if we do it. Because you just don't want to get Ja going downhill. I know we play drop with Zoo, but try to get Zoo out there. Do his best not turn in the corner. Because our backline rim protection, that's the one thing. It's a little bit, it's been a little suspect. They have to be sharp on their rotations. Jaron Jackson being used as the screener, that might be more. I haven't been watching them with Ja lately like that. I'm not sure if he's going to be setting more screens than Bismack. Bismack would be in the dunker spot if Jackson's setting a screen. I would assume they like to use Jaron Jackson and John pick and pops. That's very pick your poison. And in this, an instance like that, I would be down to leave Jaron Jackson open, honestly, from three. Why not let him beat us when he's shooting 31.5%? So I'm not really that afraid of that. And plus, just go under the screen on Ja if it's at the three-point line. Man, I might be tempted to say we should win even if Ja does play. But it's, it's so much easier said than done. Me talking about it like this is so much easier said than done. Coming up, though, let's talk about what we need to see from the team if Kawhi is out for a couple of games. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and there's only a couple of weeks left in the NFL season. It's getting big time. My Rams making a playoff push. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I've been encouraging Clipper fans to bet on the Clippers to win the championship because the odds are only going to get better for the Clippers. So that's what you got to go now. You should have done it weeks ago, but you should still go now. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get going with the playoff push in the NFL and the NHL and NBA are right around midseason. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Clippers-Grizzlies Friday night. I'll be in the building for my 14th game of this regular season. Of course, the video on my personal channel is going to be up, and an episode of Locked on Clippers will be up on Saturday at some point. 
It's going to be fun. Both games against the Grizzlies at Staples Center done for the season. Part of me wants to see Jaw play because I don't want this Clipper team to get off the hook without Kawhi Leonard. We need to practice against better opposition if he's out for a couple of games. But that being said, Jaw's sick. He's not hurt. He'll get better in a couple of days. <laughs> if he doesn't play, it's not the worst thing in the world. Every win just looks the same on the schedule. So, yeah, I'm indifferent. But part of me is being a little selfish. I want to see Jaw play live again. But I want to see us beat him. That's the ultimate. I really don't like Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies, though. So, you know what? If he doesn't play, it's fine with me. <laughs> what we need to see, though, better defense. The defense against Charlotte, it was a little lackluster. Like The fact that it was a close game and the Hornets didn't shoot well from three, like that, that's a little bit suspect for me. Then the defense against the Celtics was just a joke. The defense against the Thunder was bad. Basically, every single game that we've played without Kawhi Leonard, the defense has looked kind of garbage. And that's not that surprising, given that we gave up two guys with size that were forwards. One that's a good point of attack defender and solid rotating, and one that's fantastic rotating and has great hands in Robert Covington. Now, we gave up those two guys for a guy like James Harden, who is all-world on the offensive end. Better player than those two guys combined, if we're talking pure players. But when you give up that front court depth at the forward position, you're playing guys like Kobe Brown, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey in that spot, basically running Paul George at the four. That's not going to cut it in the NBA. That's not. Unless you're playing a strong switch everything scheme and everyone's able to stay in front of the ball, which we don't have everyone staying in front of the ball. We don't even have any crazy point of attack lockdown guys on this roster. I mean, Kawhi sometimes. But we don't ask him to do that all the time. However, he's been doing it more this season after the trade, and it's been unbelievable. But Kawhi's just guarded everyone this season, you know? He's been twos, he's been guarding ones, he's been guarding fours, he's been guarding the second biggest guy a lot of times. And he's still had games and quarters where he's been resting defensively in the sense that he's guarding the least threatening offensive player. But to be honest, now that we've gotten Harden, it's usually Harden that's guarding the weakest link. It, it, it's also size dependent. But the point is, we need to be better defensively just from an effort perspective without Kawhi, straight up. Who are our leaders defensively communicating-wise? Westbrook's not starting out there. Harden talks on defense more than I thought. But that's not, are we asking James Harden to be our defensive leader? Like, that's ridiculous. Zubats, he talks here and there, but he's the youngest guy in the starting lineup. Like, and he's, you know, he's a foreign big man. Like, it's a role player on this team. Like, I can hear him talk. He talks here and there, but he's not going to be the communicator for the whole defense. It's got to be Paul George. It's got to be. It starts with him. His defense the last three games has not been good enough at all. He needs to be locked in off the ball. When Paul George is active in the passing lanes and sharp on his rotations, he's fantastic. Let's see him guard somebody good on Friday night. See, like if we don't have Kawhi, they're going to put a mere coffee on Jaw. One, you know, one's going to guard Jaw and one's going to guard Desmond Bain. So that's going to leave... Paul George to guard Jaron Jackson. See, like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Is he going to be willing to bang, bang with him down low for rebounds? 
Is he going to be able to, willing to guard him in the post? And not even willing. It's it's more about can he guard him in the post? We'll see. That's not, I don't know. Should we start Tice at the four? I mean, he's been shooting well percentage-wise from three, but he still doesn't convince anybody with that three in terms of NBA defenses. They still give it to him every time. I don't know. Kobe Brown, I don't know if he's ready for that to start the game. That's an interesting dilemma right there. But regardless, it goes past the Memphis game. We need Paul George to be sharper defensively. He needs to be the leader when Kawhi's out on that end. No doubt. Because Zubats, he's going to do his part. He's been really good lately. You know, for two-thirds of the season, he's been fantastic. Offensively, we need to be sharp. Who's going to be guarding James Harden at the point of attack? Marcus Smart. You already know that. Desmond Bain, probably on Paul George. Again, we need Paul George to be better. I think what we need to see, <laughs> the moral of the story, Paul George needs to be better. Westbrook and Harden, they've been pretty good. If it's a Zubat, it's pretty good. You know what else we need to see? Terrence Mann making some shots. And he talked about it on Thursday at the media, with the media. He said, my job is to knock down open shots, and I got to get better. Good thing it's only December, but I got to get better at making shots. He knows it. He sees it. It's confidence right now. It's him by himself. He needs to work his way back into being the better shooter that we know he is. And I trust him. And I stand by him. And hopefully I'll be saying I told you so at some point. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. And Locked on Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know your score prediction for the game. And you can also always give me feedback. Always looking for constructive criticism. I'll be at the game on Friday. If you're there, holler at me, section 207. Post game, if you want to share your thoughts, I'm always across the street from the Kareem statue to the left of the Tom's entrance facing Star Plaza. Kind of close to where, I mean, kind of close to where those bacon-wrapped hot dog carts are. There's a churro stand these days by it as well. I haven't gotten one of my bacon-wrapped hot dogs in so long because the last time I got one, it was, I think, early in the season, and it was cold. That grill is steaming. It smells great. I think that was just a rare occasion. I'll give them a chance. There's so many out there these days. Every single exit, you see the bacon-wrapped hot dog carts, by everyone the smell is unbelievable and i've had that was the first mid one or bad one i've had in my entire life they always hit but that one time it was cold so odds are i'm gonna get a good one next time so you know what tomorrow i'm getting the bacon wrap glizzy you already know how it is before you can come up to me and start getting interviewed for your post game thoughts friday night memphis clippers playing well kind of not really but we have Harden, Westbrook, and Paul George on a Friday night. Maybe a little John Morant action getting his butt whooped. How about we get another sellout? How about it? Why not? Three in a row? Is it three in a row? Boston. I can't even remember the, the home game before that one. So, off the top of my head. It was because we went on a road trip. So, sometimes I can't remember everything. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Funny part is I was probably at the game too. Peace. Was it the Warriors? All right, I'm done.